This episode is brought to you by Krishna Nos. Yeah, good morning. We are doing the Uddhav Gita chapter 15 and we had completed till verse 24 so we are continuing with verse 25 onwards. If you recollect last time we had done something which is connected to dispassion how the guru's teachings have to be understood and to give up wickedness wickedness is described by any culpable action any action which culminates into additional karmas so even if a yogi is there his actions are going to be culminating in a future karma which means there is a transaction which is happening and that is agami or kriyaman karma which can generate a certain number of rebirths again so for that he is supposed to do certain things so controlling the mind was another thing we had discussed when a person is able to control and decimate his mind then the union with the lord happens that is what is called yoga so the path of yoga comprises of yama brahma and so on and so forth then it is logical analysis through or through worship and meditation so this is where we had ended last time so we are continuing now we are doing uddhav gita chapter 15 verse 25 onwards now if through inadvertence the yogi does some culpable deed he should burn the sin thereof through yoga alone there is no other way now what is culpability over here culpability is a factor where you commit certain errors in your life and you are entitled for a certain karmic action in the future lifetimes which means your current karma which you have done whatever karma that you do that particular karma which is called kriyaman you have to repay for that in a future life now sri krishna is telling uddhava that there is something which this yogi can do now remember when he is talking to uddhava he is telling uddhava in the initial stages the culpability is quite a lot because the person has not even moved ahead all right so they are at a lower level imagine it's a mountain top you are going towards the top of the mountain upward and the path is fraught with different different karmas now the mountain is about say 4000 5000 feet let us take 5000 feet now the moment you start climbing the path of spiritual and you are at just about a thousand feet you fall down you come say 500 feet down because you have done something which is culpable so your climb will start from 501 502 onwards till you climb higher and higher now any which way you will find that the karma which you have done to eliminate that you just have to climb another 500 steps feet 
so that you can eliminate that karma. Huh? <laughs> and then you have the balance 4,000 feet to go up. But now, you have climbed up to 4,900 feet. Let us say that. And then you commit one karma, which is culpable. Can you imagine the fall from 4,900 feet to zero? Have you seen how the fall can affect you? That means your drop is nearly to the bottom. Now how much have you covered in the beginning? Quite a lot. And now you have fallen down 4,900 feet. To climb all over again and reach the top is very, very difficult. So now I will tell you something which is interesting. You know, as a child, you have played a very beautiful game called Ludo. Have you played Ludo? And along with it comes another game called Snakes and Ladders. Have you heard of this game Snakes and Ladders? I am sure most of the Indians have seen this game. This game originated in India. And what was the game all about? The game was about how you climb on the spiritual ladder of success. You can go from 0 to 100. 100 means Kaivalya. You have reached the ultimate destination. You have gone beyond. But I am sure you know that there is a snake even at 91. You know, at 91 there is a snake which can bring you down straight away. There are certain snakes whom who will eat you up and then you can come straight to one or zero. I mean, this is how the whole thing works. So I am sure you know this. You see, when you are playing the dice, you have to move the coin up like this, like this, like this, upwards. Sometimes there are certain sins that are committed. Sins means a karmic action is done on your part and you enter the mouth of a snake and you have to come down to where the snake's tail is. I'm sure you can visualize in your mind's eye how this game works. And if you have not, I will post you a picture. You can go and see that. Then you will understand how interesting it is. Because this is exactly what Krishna is telling Arjuna, I'm sorry, Uddhava, that you have to be careful. If you are on the path of spiritual, you should not do even a single error. And the higher you are on the path, even a single error can cost you thousands of years of reversal. There are many stories from our Puranas which you can come to know about this. A very simple story is about Vishwamitra, how he fell down. 10,000 years of his life he had to do tapas to go back to the same level where he came from. So for a today's yogi, those who are on the path of spiritual, kindly understand this, that even a small error on your part is liable. Let us say, if you are doing certain things like go hatya, I am sure you know about that. Brahman Hatya, Guru Tyag, 
these are certain things which are there in the scriptures now when i said this brahman hatya means very simply killing a brahmin the knower of brahma somebody who has the highest of the sattva if you kill that person if you kill a very very good person it is culpable for tens of thousands of years of tapas anger lust greed and the shatripus that are there all these are culpable the only way of getting out of this culpability is to do yogic activity in the last verse krishna says that the yoga means union with god you have to decimate your mind how many sins does a mind do quite a lot just the thought coming to you let us say you are a yogi you are sitting somewhere and performing your yagyas i'm just giving a, a classic example please don't bother about these examples but your example i'll give after this a yogi is sitting in the mountain side and he is doing his yogic activity and suddenly he starts thinking about his family his near and dear ones and he worries about his children how their health is going to be what is the problem today like you know he has heard you know pandemic and stuff like that and he gets worried now what has happened the thought has created a wave and that wave cannot be eliminated just like that you may say it is not that great a culpability he just thought about it well thinking about it itself is karma you understood now let us take your example now you are in the spiritual now when you are on the path of spiritual you have slowly slowly risen higher and higher now this rising happens in a way it's it's a very slow journey now you might have reached a certain level where you have performed certain sadhanas and stuff like that you are able to control your mind you are able to control your actions i think one of your uh, one of you has the you know microphone on yes thank you very much now think like that you have not performed certain actions for a certain number of years and suddenly out of the blue you perform that action it's a prohibited action remember this now whatever that you might have done in those 5 or 10 years of your spiritual life has come to naught and this is something which you need to know now what is the effort to get back those 10 years you know the effort that is required to get back those 10 years imagine this if you are a normal human being a normal human being and if you have performed certain actions certain karmas to eliminate that karma that person might have to take a thousand lifetimes why because one person performing a karmic action with another one the availability of bodies in the future for him is dependent because he has to eliminate a lot of karma 
and by the time he meets this person again so that he can repay, maybe a thousand lives have gone. Alright? This is for a normal person. Now you are a yogi. You have done certain sadhanas. You know spirituality. You know the subject very well. And if you know the subject very well and still you are performing those actions after knowing the subject, your culpability is not a thousand lifetimes. Your culpability is more than 10,000 lifetimes. Which simply translates into not 10 years of sadhana which you have lost but a hundred years of sadhana which you have lost. So now imagine you have to go back to those 10 years plus. You will have to spend more than 100 years over here. The culpability factor for a spiritual person is much high. Now you will ask me why is it so? Well, I will give you the answer. Even the material world, there are people who perform certain crimes. There are certain crimes which a person does. I am sure you, those who know the law very well have heard about it. That if it is your first crime and if you have absolutely no idea that you are doing that crime, then you are allowed a certain leeway. There is a case going on about an actor who committed suicide. His girlfriend was the only one who was given bail. Why? It is her first misdemeanor. But the rest of the people, their culpability was high. She can get away by saying, I did not know. Where she actually doesn't know. But the rest of the people, they are culpable. They will get that action right where it hurts. So, for a spiritual person who knows very well that these actions are wrong. Please listen to my words very carefully. The spiritual person who might have put in 8 years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years or even 5 years for that matter in spirituality has the knowledge and the understanding that he or she should not do those actions because they can cause a lot of problems and they do it even after knowing their culpability is increased to tenfolds. That means the amount of sadhana, the amount of efforts, the amount of personal, you know, you have to put in a lot of energy into trying to get rid of that karma. So, there are a lot of these people who are currently in jail. I am sure you know about them. They are great gurus. Gurus. And because their understanding is quite a lot, the court is not going to let them go. No. This is for them. But for you, who is in spiritual, and if you do those actions, even after knowing that these actions are wrong, your culpability is very, very high. Imagine for a normal person it is 10x, yours is 100x. And that is the reason why Krishna is being very clear over here. The only way of getting rid of it is through yogic practices. And your yogic practices for a 10 year 
you have put in yogic practices in your past, now it increases to a hundred years. And if you don't want those hundred years, you can die and you will be born a thousand times more than that. Why would anybody want to do that? So I hope those who are in the path of spiritual understand this rule very carefully that you should not do those actions if you know that they are culpable. If you know that you cannot abuse another person, you cannot say bad things about another person and yet after knowing you do those actions, Krishna says the culpability increases tremendously. And it is something which you should be very, very careful with. So we now move to the next verse. We are doing chapter 15 from the Uddhava Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna, verse 26. The steadfastness to the duties of one's own sphere is considered as merit by the declaration of their merits and defects. A restriction is made with regards to action which are impure in their very nature in order to remove people's attachment to them. Now let us take this verse very very slowly so you get the understanding very clearly. The steadfastness to duties of one's own sphere is considered as a merit. This is a very important statement which is there even in the Bhagavad Gita. The understanding should be there are four Varanas, I am sure you know about that. Likewise, there are different different professions which people are in. So suppose you are an agriculturist. I have to use modern terminology. I can't call them a farmer anywhere. Nowadays, because he's no longer a farmer. He may be doing hydroponics for all you know, you know. So, if you are an agriculturist, your children have to follow that traditional path. Which means, the parents and the children have to go in the same direction. So the steadfastness, the duties of one's own sphere, your sphere. Suppose you are a Kshatriya, your parents were from the defense forces. If your parents are in the current stage, a Rajasik kind, maybe business people, then your job is to do business. If your parents are in the defense, then your job is with the defense. That means whatever your parents are doing, you have to do. Now, that is Swadharma also. You know very well what has happened in the past. In the last 50 years, there has been a major upheaval and a change. What is this upheaval and a change? Let me tell you. Those who were performing actions, the jobs which people had, a lot of people had a lot of jobs. Suppose it was dairy farming. I'm using again modern words. Dairy farming, their children, the people, those who were doing dairy farming, their children have entered into IT sector, food and beverages or any other, you know, they might have gone into hoteliering, they might be tourism or whatever, they have changed their fields. So if you perform duties in another field, which you are not supposed to. It is called the biggest sin. Alright? What is it that has happened in the past? 
there are lots of arts and crafts in India and the world which people are no longer following. There is a traditional caste in Gujarat called the Khatris. They were used to hand block printing and very ancient technique of making garments, the printing of the garments. In Andhra Pradesh, there were looms called pit looms where people were weaving. In Calcutta, in the western, that is West Bengal, there were a lot of pit looms also and there were a lot of looms. In Banaras, the Banarasi sari is very, very famous. I'm sure you know about it. The Banarasi sari, which was so famous, the younger generation is no longer into weaving. Now, I will give you a small story about what has happened in Banaras. You are a young person and naturally, you know, the requirement is because you are going to get married or you are married and your wife is asking for a sari. So you go and you say, okay, I will buy you a Banarasi sari. Or I will buy you a Kanjivaram sari. This is how people talk. The Banarasi sari nowadays is made in China, not in India. And this is something which you need to understand. Why are you buying that cheap stuff? They are cutting throats over there. At half the price they are selling the sari. So if you go to Banaras today, you will find that there are lots of people selling the saris at half the price. Because this is the cheap imports which have come from another country. And this is one of the reasons why the younger generation is disillusioned. Now, I will tell you, the younger generation should take it within themselves that I don't want to do this. I want to change the scenario. I will do something by means of which my parents and my grandparents are going to be happy. And my forefathers are going to be happy. Reintroduce that whole thing. Reintroduce the Kanjivaram saris, which we have lost in tradition. Reintroduce that Banarasi sari. Reintroduce the Kashmiri handicrafts that were there earlier. I hope you understand. Why do we have to waste our you know, resources by, in, you know, giving somebody else the chance to do something. That is not tradition. They are just copying. In the last 20 years, have you seen even a Ganesha idol used to come from another country? It is a very strange phenomenon. It is not correct. Please go back to your roots and find out what is important. The younger generation today doesn't even know. You see, we have in Karnataka something which is so interesting and the younger generation doesn't want to indulge themselves in that at all. One of the important things which we used to make in Karnataka is called Ganjifa. 99% of the people won't even know what Ganjifa cards are. Can you imagine that? There is a place called Bidar. I'm sure some of you may know. The Bidri ware is so famous over here. The Mysore silk sari is so famous. Nobody wants to buy that anymore. We are not even giving 
the old people who are making those sarees any credit at all. Now the younger generation thinks that they can drink coffee for 500 rupees and 300 rupees. I mean, they are willing to spend 200 bucks on a stupid coffee in, a, in, a, in an imported restaurant. That brand name itself is imported. But they are not willing to spend on those bidar, people from bidar. If we as a young, you know, you as a young generation and we as Indians, if we cannot change this scenario right now, we are doing disservice. That is why he says steadfastness to the duties of one's own sphere is considered as a merit. It is a very, very important statement. The Indian government is desperately trying to get people in India not to spend on cheap phones, but phones which are made here. Likewise, I mean, just giving you an example. Likewise, encouraging the crafts, the arts, and so on and so forth is very, very important. Understood? So if you are a young person who is listening to this satsang and if your parents are in one of those ancient crafts or if your grandparents are in that, please do something about it. Don't just let it rot and die. It is a very important thing. In olden times, we used to get beautiful images over here. Beautiful crockery. Now, you don't want crockery made in India. You want crockery which is made abroad. You want to say made in this country, made in that country. Don't do that. We have to give credit to those people over here who are really working very hard. This is what Krishna is talking about. You have a duty towards your own, whichever place that you come from, that is your own sphere, it is considered a merit. Sri Krishna himself is saying, please understand, you do those things which is supposed to be merit for you. Alright? Anything that our village artisans produce, please don't go to those NGOs who literally are cutthroats. The item which was 100 rupees, these people put up massive stores, huge stores, air-conditioned stores and the same 100 rupee item is sold for 2000 and 5000 rupees. Don't fall for it. Don't ever fall for it. You see in India, in Bangalore especially, there is a place where a kurta, a simple kurta is sold for 2,000 and 3,000 rupees and people want to spend 2,000 and 3,000 rupees. Whereas a kurta which is sold by the artisans just a few kilometers away from here is being sold for 500 and 600 rupees. And that kurta is a genuine kurta made by real vegetable dyes. Carpet which is made by real artisans from villages. Which is being sold for 500 and 1000 rupees. But you want to pay for carpets at 5,000, 10,000 and 50,000 rupees in these fancy stores. Don't do that. Encourage those artisans, those who have retained 
their own work culture in the villages. So I hope you understood that. I will give you an example from Japan. There are certain places in Japan, in certain prefectures, like we have our states, you know, Karnataka, Maharashtra, this and that. They have prefecture. They have different, different states. In every state, they are encouraging the crafts over there. Somebody who is used to making knives by hand, hand-crafted knives, the government gives them encouragement to continue with that craft of making knives. And these people are continuing with that. As a story from the past, I will tell you, Many years ago, that is the time of Apple, the iPhone that you know about. So, Steve Jobs wanted something which is very delicately hand carved. He searched all over the world, where can we get this? And he found it in one small village in Japan. He went to that village and the artisan in the village looked at that object and he said, yes, I make these things. And they are beautifully handcrafted. The curves and all have been made by me. So Steve Jobs said, can you do this for me? I want thousands of pieces like this. He said, I am not capable of thousands of pieces because I am a human being. I'm not a machine. But he trained a lot of young people over there who then started making those objects for Steve Jobs. You can go back in history and find out about this. The recent history, I mean. So in the same way, India has a tremendous amount of cultural background. And you have to know about it. Yesterday, I was listening to a very interesting story of Shivaji Maharaj. Now, these stories are never told in our books. One small story I will tell you. Shivaji Maharaj was a great warrior. Now, whoever has written this particular thing was saying that he wanted to make a fort. Now, this fort is so high, if you have gone to any of the forts built by Shivaji Maharaj, the forts are very, very high. And in his lifetime, he has made many forts. There is nowhere nearby where you can get that big stone to make the fort. Look at this person's ingenuity. Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj's ingenuity. 300,000 tons of big rocks were taken up the mountain to make one fort. Can you imagine that? A few centuries ago, how he must have taken. Look at the way. There are certain things which we have in our past which we need to bring them out again and again. So here, the verse, I have just stuck onto this one line. The steadfastness to the duties of one's own sphere is considered as a merit. If you are doing something just for the sake of earning money or just for the sake of making a name for yourself in some sphere which you are not even a part of, you are causing a biggest karma in your life. It is called the sin. Don't go into that direction. You can become very great. You can become even a philanthropist over there. 
Please remember that philanthropy is of no use. You know, in we have certain traditions in India. I will tell you. We think like this. That people from Gujarat or Rajasthan, we call them Gujaratis, Marwadis, isn't that what we call them? They are into money-making business, which is basically business. They say, business karvanu che. Now these people have to do it. There were people who came from Sindh. They are called Sindhis. Now they were into certain businesses which they brought along with them. That is what they are supposed to do. There are Parsis who came from Iran, Iraq, that place. Persian people they are. They settled in a part of Gujarat and from there they spread all over India. They have to follow their traditional path. If you are a South Indian or if you are from any other part of India, you have to do what is necessary. You know, pandemic has caused a lot of issues in this world. One of the most important things which has happened, I will tell you. There were a lot of people who had come from Northeast, Orissa, Calcutta and all those other states. And they were working in restaurants over there in India, in big cities like Chennai, Bangalore, Hyderabad, Mumbai, all these places. Because of pandemic, they have to go back to their places, wherever they came from. And they are forced to do what their parents were doing. Some of them were farmers. There is a very beautiful video person who has put it up in YouTube. Now she is a Himachali girl from Himachal Pradesh. She was working in the IT sector in Delhi. Now because of pandemic, for the last so many months, she is back in her Himachal Pradesh. What is it that she had left behind? Her father, her father or mother or whoever it is, were apple farmers. You know, they used to grow apples. Now this girl has become that. She wears that dress and she is going to those orchards and plucking those apples. And she is put up these YouTube videos where she is talking about different kinds of apples. And I was very happy to see that video. Because the universe is now forced her to go back to where she came from and get back into her family, whatever the business that they were into. This pandemic is a great leveler. There are lots of people who are in the wrong professions. Now they have been kicked back to where they came from. And it is a very sincere request that please continue to do what your culture and what your past determines. Not something that you thought that is a very beautiful thing over there. You know, the grass always looks greener on the other side. Let us go to Bangalore and mint money. Don't do that. Many years ago, this is in the 90s, I was not interested in doing. So, I asked my family, so do you know what your family business is? Because all these people had pedis. Pedis means a business place. So, they had a pedi which is called cloth. You know, they were selling cloth. Even today, even today, they have a pedi in Mulji Jetha market, MJ market it is called in Mumbai, which is very famous because Dhirubhai Ambani came from there. So I said, you have to do that. So you should get into a business which is clothes, clothing. And 
you have to get into what is called as a handmade goods. Till I was in this business 2006, I was also giving talks in other institutions and I was encouraging the students of fashion design to please go back to the roots. So I would you know, procure goods from those places and then create garments out of them. Some of you over here have worn my garments also. That is the business. So you have to stick to your knitting. That is what it means. And if you stick to your knitting, then Krishna says it is considered as a merit. Now we will slightly move ahead. This is a verse which is very, very crucial and critical. Please listen to it carefully. By the declaration of their merits and defects, a restriction is made with regards to action which are impure in their very nature in order to remove people's attachment to them. If you are following a certain, you know, traditional methodology, your parents, now some of them, I'm sure you have seen, that there are those hair cutting saloons. Their children also do the same job, isn't it? But some children revolt and they will say, I don't want to cut people's hair. And they go away from there. And they say, I want to become a B tech, I want to become an M tech, I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to get fancy degrees. I want to become an engineer, I want to become a doctor. Well, you want to be a B-Tech and M-Tech and just because your parents are say drivers or you know whatever they have, whatever industry that they are in, they may be hairdressers and you want to leave that and you want to become something else. So if you go back to that knitting, it is called the merit, correct? If you move away from it, it is called demerit. Demerit is a very dangerous thing to do, which is called S-I-N, sin. So he says, by the declaration of the merit and demerit, restriction is made with regard to action. Now this restriction, what is this restriction with regard to action? I will give you an understanding of that. Let us say, your parentage, that means your forefathers, they were into one particular kind of activity. They were soldiers. Now those soldiers in the past, they were used to spheres, swords, later on guns. Today, that is not the case. Today, a person will sit in Delhi or one of those important locations and he will push a button so that the missile will rise from one place and go and, and bomb in another place. Imagine, America is doing something like that. The Gulf War or any other war is fought from remote locations like Australia or in the Pacific Ocean. Can you imagine that? They may be sitting in Washington or they may be sitting in some other part of that country and sending drones from one place to the other. I am sure you know this, isn't it? Today's warfare is not exactly what it was at that time. Likewise, in olden times, if you are a vegetable vendor, you would have sold vegetables by sitting in the marketplace. Now the vendor doesn't sell like that. There is an agent who will come and pick up the goods and he will take it to the market. And he will give you a petty amount of money. The government of India is trying to change that today. They are trying to tell the farmers, you have the right to go and sell yourself. It requires a lot of efforts, of course. So the change has to be brought about. And this merit and demerit factor which I am talking about, there are these restrictions. The restrictions are there are certain things which you can do and certain things which you can't do. 
some of the things which you can't do. I'm sure you know, in olden times, there were biddy people who used to roll the biddies. Isn't it? Or cigarettes. There is a restriction. Tobacco cannot be produced in such a large quantity and so on and so forth. And that is a banned item. Why? Because it causes cancer. So if you understand the kind of thing that you are doing is causing some harm to somewhere, there is a restriction there. Earlier on, in olden times, we used to use vessels at home, which were pitalka vessels, you know, <laughs> made from brass. And inside that, we used to coat it with a coating. We call it kalai. The younger generation may not even remember this they found that this coating inside, tin or zinc coating that is there, is causing some kind of a diseases, some kind of sickness. That is why the coating was removed. So no longer allowed. So there are restrictions for certain purposes. Got the answer? So these restrictions have to be looked at. You cannot say that, oh no, my family was into making beads, I will also make. Just because Guruji is saying, no, sorry boss, you cannot do that because beads will cause cancer. So please don't get into those kind of fields. But associated fields, yes, of course. If your people were tobacco growers, but now they can grow other stuff, isn't it? So the farming can shift from tobacco growing into maybe some other form of growing, maybe millets or some such kind of a thing. So do that. So here he says, certain restrictions are made with regard to action which are impure in their very nature in order to remove people's attachment to them. So certain restrictions have been put over there so that the attachment to that thing has to be removed. Now this attachment is something which we need to understand. The attachment where some people have, you know, my father is a Thakur. So I also want to be Thakur. Because if I become a Thakur of the village, if I become the leader of the village, then you know, I can have control over all their properties. That is not the way. So there is a restriction. The restriction is you cannot, there is an Urban Land Sealing Act and even in the villages there is a certain act which comes into force. Farmers have to be encouraged, but you cannot do something which is going against the grain. So these restrictions are there for that reason. And if you do those things, even after knowing, that is called a sin. I gave you one example. Another example could be your father or your forefathers, not father, the father was also maybe you know working in some government organization instead of actually following your forefathers might have been into some industry wholesalers might be you know or they might be shopkeepers and your father said i don't want to become a shopkeeper i want to work in a bank and he went and joined a bank or you know some other company why because more money and they used to deride their parents. My parents, eh, they are sitting in the shop. They don't even make money. See, look at me. I have got a, you know, 2 BHK apartment. You know, I have got a 2 BHK apartment. I have one Maruti in my garage. My father, he doesn't even have a bullock cart. That's how the people talk. And that is why they moved to the city. Their children, which is the current generation, says, Oh, my father was working in a bank. You think I should work in a bank? Stupid fellow, he doesn't even understand. Bank doesn't pay so much. IT company pays 100 times more. So the banker's children want to become IT specialist. Forefathers were into wholesale of say some kind of a thing. And the grandchildren are into some different industry. I hope you got it. So restrictive trade should not be got into. Alright. So this is where he is talking about. So you have to understand even during those times at the time of Krishna. There were certain trades which were followed. Dairy farming was very very important. Today I was appalled to know that there are less number of dairy farmers. It's terrible. 
Why are there less number of dairy farmers? Oh, we are into vegan diets. The fads which are coming in are going to cost you a lot in the future. Please remember that. Your flora and fauna in your stomach is changing like nobody's business. Don't worry. Things are going to happen in such a manner that this has to come back. Dairy farming is an industry. Alright? Now, certain people in India are actually following these methodologies which are very, very essential and important. Some people have gone back. They are into oil extraction because they were in olden times, you know, when Ramakrishna Paramahansa called one person, you are a teli. <laughs> and the person felt very bad about it. Why are you calling my caste? <laughs> it was not a caste. What he meant was that if you are into oil business, you should be back in oil business. That's what it means. If you are in farming, get back into farming. You means not you, your forefathers. You should get back into that business. That is Swadharma. You are doing duty. And if you are not doing this kind of thing and if you are doing something else, that is not called Swadharma. So, exactly what your parents have done, exactly what your forefathers have done, you should do that. If your parent has become a, you know, a rebel and gone and joined some companies and all that, then don't take his example at all. Take your forefathers example. Grandparents or great-grandparents. Got it? So this is what he means. So that people, these attachments have to be removed. Why? The attachment is, if I do that farming job, I won't get any money. The attachment to money over there because you are working in some big city, that you have to remove. Don't always count money or power or fame. No, that is your attachment and you have to cut it. The amount of money you may be earning today at home might be lesser. And before I end, I will tell you, there's a very big organization which is actually doing something like this. I was reading about it. This organization is having an Indian head, by the way. It's called Microsoft. Now, what has Microsoft done? Microsoft has told because of pandemic, people were staying at home. Microsoft has told their employees in a letter, you can please do it permanently from home. You can stay at home permanently, doesn't matter. We will see to it that we can give you a job at home and do it from there only. Alright? So there are lots of people who were staying in bigger cities. Now they have gone back to their places wherever they came from. So they have gone back. They can stay in that town and do their job from there because it is online. Got it? But the only difference what Microsoft said was that there will be a reduction in salaries and other perks because you are anyway at home. Okay? Earlier, you had to shift from one place to another, so they used to pay you for all that. Now, they will not be doing like that. Which is very interesting because if you are staying at home and doing the job which you are supposed to do, the overheads are not that high. So, this is a very interesting thing which they have done. So, I am just telling you that even today, if you have gone back to your villages and if you have got back into your parents' heritage business or whatever the activity that they are doing, you should be happy. Just don't run after money or all those petty stuff. Find out ways which this knowledge of yours has given you to encourage that activity. So if there is a traditional craft and art which your parents were into or your forefathers were into, encourage them. You know, there is a wooden toys business just right across the border here, 100 kilometers from here. Encourage that. 
Encourage Bidri wear. Encourage the kind of thing that is there. Get those Ganjifa cards. Get those Pichwais. Get those things which we can now be proud of. This is what Krishna is talking about. So getting back to your roots is extremely important. When you get back to the roots, it is called the merit. Got it? With a certain restrictions, you can still get back into the same swing. So we will end this verse over here, verse 26. Tomorrow we will do verse 27 onwards. Thank you very much and have a great day today. Bye.